Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Uh, welcome again to scream queen a podcast about scary movies from people not typically depicted in scary movies how are you doing drea how's the bullshit you know bullshit's bullshit i'm hanging in there baby how are you um good you know what california we now have like what the most cases of coronavirus we're number one we're number one did you see that did you see what we just won man fuck this place (laughs) everybody oh my god if you don't wear a mask and you listen to our podcast i'll can i be as bold as to say don't listen to us because you (laughs) Ooh, i wonder if anyone's making scary movie masks we're we'll we'll already on top of that bitch. let's do already. let's yeah okay yeah okay it's in the dock i said Mark, scary movie masks okay Ooh, that's so such a good idea Ooh, ooh. okay um great minds what do but you yeah, want and uh we want to we believe in you guys and we hope <laughs> that you're safe but uh i really i really feel for those of you with your with ignorant ass relatives who don't want to wear masks and spread the COVID and all that bullshit. How did we politicize masks? I mean, this is just some like 2016, like Russian bot bullshit. I bet you, I bet you it's like some Russian bots who just met some gullible white people online and were like, and did that shit. I believe that. I, um, I think that the people are fucking stupid and this, it really isn't, it didn't take much to get people to this point. People don't, it, this is all a problem with uh, people in authority. They don't like being told what to do. That's all this is. And I'm like, so you're just a fucking child then. If you, <laughs> you don't want to like, put a mask on. Can you just not be a fucking asshole? Can you just not be a fucking asshole? Because this isn't necessarily about your safety. It's about keeping other people safe. That's what the mask is doing. It's well, keeping people safe from you. People are dying. I, I mean, like, my dad went to the hospital with, like, shortness of breath and coughing. And I was, like, I was, because, re- like, he has diabetes and heart disease. I mean, he's a native man, so, of course, he has diabetes. But he also has heart disease and, it, like, gallbladder shit. And it's just, like, if he gets it, he's a goner. And I was so scared. And thankfully, it was just his bum heart. But, like, seriously, like, I know, like, so many of my New York friends had it. And, were, and it was, like it wrecked them. Like my friend, Sarah in Austin, she was like, she was sick four days of her father's day. And then for two or three weeks after that. And when I co- talked to her on the phone, she still had a cough. And she was like, I feel like I went on some fucking like 
peyote bullshit like that it was like the experience was just so surreal and that one day she would feel better and one day it would be twice as bad and I was like mm. and she was like yeah. Tommy do not get this if you have any choice whatsoever and <laughs> I was like you know what but I was never really at the house so I think I'm gonna be fine what have you been let's steer it a little bit from Corona what do you what do you what are you watching this week what are you looking at what are you what are you listening to what's going on in the pop culture Dreaverse? um i I got onto HBO Max. I've been watching some of their shit. They got, well, first of all, they got Space Goes Coast to Coast, but that's for another topic. I, that's one of my favorites. But um, I started watching the ballroom show, uh, Legendary. And, you know, it's, it's got its highs and lows in it, but there are some really amazing uh, routines that they put together. Like there's a full on, they do a carnival ballroom scene. So everybody has their own takes on what it is to go to the carnival. So it's a full on like attack of the clowns one where it's like it and all these like killer clowns, like running around stage and, and voguing and it's really fucking amazing. And uh, yeah, they go all out and they, they have a pretty high like um, budget. So they get to go all out with production. Okay. And okay. it's, yeah. And then the, the judges, they have Laomi. She's like a legendary in the, well, haha, in the scene. And then they bring in, um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Megan the Stallion is one of the, the stay judges. And then, Amazing. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. And then Law Roach. And, and uh, uh, he's like Zendaya's you know, manager. And mm-hmm. he's a bitch. But anyway, he kind of fits into the scene. And then the other judge they interchange the last judge who had special guests and some of those special guests are like why is this person here like who how, what do you what is your connection to the scene but anyway mm. that was one thing and then the other thing i watched i watched the new dave franco uh, directorial debut called the rental that looks was, scary as fuck it was good i was oh. it was really good and i was okay. like it was scary you probably won't want to watch it because it's like but i mean you'll be fine you'll be fine but it, it's about uh, it's like air it's like nightmare airbnbs basically as and long as it's not about a fucking disease god damn no, it nothing gross in it listen you complain about diseases but you're the same nasty bitch that watched the disease and then went and got food after it so they it, looked like wontons and i got hungry I didn't, I swear, no, I didn't get wontons. I got gyoza. They look like, I was they like, look like gyoza. Yeah. I'm going to get some gyoza. I'm yeah. going to get some gyoza. But it, I mean, I had the good sense to turn that revulsion into hunger. You know what I mean? I'm making it work for me. I didn't okay. stay disgusted, even though that shit was gross and fuck you for making me watch it. <laughs> Make you get over it. Just, just do one of these. Just do one of, one of them. That's all you had to do. I'm look, in this look. writer's room and one of the people I saw The Lodge with, She's a good friend of mine, Tazba, and she was like, and, th- and one of the episodes we were potentially going to do was like a Halloween horror ep- episode, and they nominated me to write it because of this show, and uh, and we were talking through it, and and Tazba was like, bitch, how can you watch a scary movie? You don't actually watch them. I saw you. You have your hat, your hoodie, a shirt, your hands, your fingers, oh, your I arms, your legs. <laughs> I have photographic evidence of this shit. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I think that's been yeah, falsified. You- uh, you know about that shit. I got you. You have fake it. news. If you forgot about it. I can resend it. No problem. Should I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm good. Actually, good. Um, I was watching uh Twilight Zone. Watching that new Twilight Zone. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't it's, feeling. It. You know, the thing is, it, this is the thing always with me in Twilight Zone, which is like I love the premise, 
there's always like some weird shit where I'm like, how the fuck did you think about this? Like this writer's room has like, that imagination is lit. And then it just fucking disappoints. Except, did you see the one with Topher Grace? I, you know, I didn't watch the, the I'm, I'm like a few episodes left. So I, I don't think I saw his. I got up to, I know I saw the Billy Porter one. I don't even really remember. The, I saw the Journey uh, Smollett one and the, the Billy Porter one. I saw the one at the beginning where the homegirl set up dude to like come to rescue her. Remember that oh, one? Oh, that was, that was good. bullshit. That, <laughs> I was like, Bitch. That was good. I like that one. And I, I, was, I was just getting into the Christopher Maloney one. And then I, me and my mom were like, what the fuck's going on? And we were like, mm. we need to come back to this. And that's where we stopped. The Topher Grace one is very, very satisfying. Okay. I'm going yeah. to get back to it then. I'll, I'll finish it. But it's hard for me to watch it because, okay, one of the reasons that it's kind of gets a little ridiculous is because Jordan Peele is like the Rod Sterling. And so he comes out and he's like, in a world where da 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 da. And it just, he looks like he's a character on his sketch show. Mm. So it's hard for me to take it seriously because, and that didn't, ha- that doesn't necessarily happen all the time, but for some reason in the Twilight Zone, because he's so clearly playing a character that like, you, I'm just waiting for him to like make a fart joke or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, um, so you, did you finish it? I did. Yeah. Okay. The Topher Grace was the season finale, I believe. Okay. Or second to last. Anyway, it's it's one of the last episodes and it's good. Yeah, I have been going, I have been watching like old, old episodes of um, Twilight Zone. And those are really fun. Classic shit. Yeah. And those are really creative. Like I've, I've been kind of blown away by, they had like very topical shit. You know, like if they had an episode about like if this, the Civil War went the other way, you know, like how like this world would be. And, and uh, Rod Sterling was you know, he was pretty progressive. I'm kind of shocked. And what's his name from um, from Star Trek, um, who played Sulu? He was on one of them. And I feel like it was George about Chicago. World War II and like maybe even Japanese internment or something like that. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the thing. I don't, I don't know that episode, but I, I am familiar with it. You're talking about George Takai? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, so you want to tell the people what we're getting into today? Um, today, where our main discussion is on the rel, or it's just relic, just relic. relic, just relic uh, that Not came out me. this it's year, or mixed up with the relic, which is yes. another stupid ass movie. <laughs> uh, that's just fucking terrifying because uh, it's about getting old. And uh, our screen queen this week is oh, I forgot what her real name Angelica was. Angelica Ross. Our screen queen this week is Angelica Ross as Donna Chambers in American Horror Story 1984. All right, let's get into it. So this movie, uh, it's directed by Natalie Erica James. She's of Japanese and Australian descent, um, which I thought was, you know, interesting. And I'm always down to, you know, support women and, you know, women coming from a, just a different background. I, this is her debut film. And it stars Emily Mortimer, um, Robin Nevin, uh, and Bella Heathcote. So it's about, it says, when Kay's mother vanishes only to mysteriously reappear, not at all herself, she begins to sense that an insidious presence in the house might be taking control. Um, so yeah, I, this movie uh, set in Australia. Uh, Emily, Miss Emily Mortimer is the shit. I, I just, 
we try to focus on a lot of like, you know, the, the handle of the show is, you know, we try to focus on people of color and whatnot, but we also just like to focus on good content. And I, this movie definitely, you know, it's, it's women centric and it's a good movie. And I love haunted house shit. Yeah. How, how like- are you feeling about it? motherhood and daughterhood and generational the passing of of really like care from one generation to the next you know like when you're suddenly tasked with as an adult caring for your adult parent in the way that they had to care for you that was one of the themes that i saw throughout um you know possession movies aren't my favorite um demon i mean like scary house shit that's not necessarily my favorite but this was actually excellent and it didn't matter because like i think what i don't like about those like slow more atmospheric films like is they end up being like the turning which is just shitty and it didn't really say anything but it like relies on jump scares which was the turning the turning was the one in the god what's that horrible movie with the kids Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh yeah we saw that together did we yeah and it just ends and you like there's no resolution no no um but like when when really like the turning of the screw is about like is this haunted or is this person like have is this person like have some kind of mental disorder you know so it's like it doesn't even get into the subtext of that it just like goes right for the jump scares and this one doesn't actually have too many like scares no no it's it's um it's through it's with there's a running line throughout the film and it's a consistent dread and you feel it from the very beginning and that tone they keep that tone and it's really important to the film that's what really cre- that's the scary thing about it. It's just it feels suffocating to a degree and not in a bad way. It's just uh, it's just really effective the way and, and especially once um, they, they're breaking into that other side of the house, you know like there's this other it's really confusing how they did that layup. But when homegirl, when the daughter gets stuck. I in had it, to watch it twice because I was like, well, because it's also like a very, that, that third act is just very dark. Yeah. I mean, not in terms of like necessarily tone, but like literally yeah. like it's all at night. And yeah, it's, it's like enclosed. flashlights and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had to actually wait until night to watch it because in the daylight, it just, it washed out too much on my screen. And so I was like, yeah. where is she? How did she get, is she in the walls? What's happening? What's going on here? <laughs> I rewatched it um, this afternoon and I, I watched it in a similar way. I couldn't even see half of it, but I had already seen it. So I was just like, whatever. But I, just, I was too lazy to, to shut my blinds. <laughs> I, was, I was too lazy to either shut my blinds or increase the brightness of my screen. <laughs> so I was like, I just, I'm not going to watch it today. I'll have to watch it tonight. Um, I, a lot of what, I, what really scared me too um, was this idea. Well, it's like the, the subtext is dementia. Right at a certain point, she says, that's not Gran anymore. That's not her anymore. That's not mom anymore. And it's like, because this, like the subtext of somebody getting older and not having the same mental faculties as when they were younger. And like, that's terrifying. And then also what getting older does to your body is terrifying. And like what getting older means when you can no longer take care of yourself is terrifying. And the fact that this woman, this older lady is an artist and her arthritis is inhibiting her from expressing her art. That's terrifying. It reminds me of like when Mary Wells fucking lost her voice. And it's like, what do you do as a singer if that is your passion and your life to lose the thing that you think makes you special or that makes you feel whole in the world, you know? And I also like the fact, cause like, you know, we don't really know what's happening. 
like we see, you know, at first it's just so traditionally like, um, like she, like at one point she gives the granddaughter her wedding ring and then sees it on her later and then doesn't remember giving it to her and takes her back and like slaps her. And so it's just like a volatile person who does not, who's losing their memory, you know, who, who has dementia. And, but then like it starts to get creepy. Like she's got some kind of a rot on her chest that nobody yeah, else sees. bruise that keeps growing. Yeah, it's, and then, oh God, you know, what it leads to when her, that scene where she's stabbing herself in the fucking chest is, that's really gnarly. And then when she, uh, her, her leg breaks, ugh, that, that was really the only gross thing, really. That was like the only, like, in a traditional sort of horror movie when like somebody leg break open or whatever, like they get stabbed or something like that. Like, there were like, there were, it wasn't gross. I mean, okay, gross in like, it wasn't like, uh, puke nasty gross but it was violent it was it was very violent i like, like this term her- puke nasty <laughs> <laughs> puke nasty um it was like uh i mean uh, through dementia one thing that happens is you know um people can like act very volatile and so you know like so when she takes back her ring and she bites her daughter and you know attacks her granddaughter and um so she's she's forgetting who she is. She's uh, doesn't she she doesn't trust her surroundings anymore. Nothing is familiar to her. But it's it's more than just dementia. It's like a it's symbolic to just like how their lives are. Things are something's out of place. Something is not has been out of place. And the, there's a the, the mother and daughter like all three generations of women. There's something really contentious there. Except, I mean, the daughter is uh, the the youngest. The uh, Sam, she's something's charming. I, I kind of like her. She's kind of charming, but she's also really fucking annoying at the same time because she doesn't support her mother. You know, her mother's like just all she has to do is just fall in line with her mom. You know, like you don't understand. You're, this is not like this is not the same person. Like I don't recognize her. You know, and, and also uh, that it's like it's. If, if she's wandering away for three days and doesn't remember where she is, it's it actually putting her in, it's, it's putting her in danger to keep her in that situation. Mm-hmm. But like all I, common sense shit, you know, with the, with the, da- with the daughter, with the youngest one, Sam, there's also this, like, like something has happened in her, in her professional life where she's like, is not, um, she's just, she's working at a bar and her mom was like, oh, just a bar. Cause like she was at university or something. She had some she other kind of gallery or something. Yeah. yeah. She had some other kind of career path and, and it seems like has given up on that. And I think, you know, in the way that this is about, you know, rearing and motherhood and, 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 um, and, and parenthood, you know, I feel like subtextually like what Emily Mortimer is feeling is like, I have done so much so that you could have the opportunity to have this professional experience. And and in her mind, I think she's like, you've just thrown this away. Yeah. I mean, typical, not in every family, but that is a very typical thing. You know, their parents want their children to be better than they are. You know, they want them to achieve. And if you're a good parent, that's what you hope for, for your child. And, but sometimes you can put the pressure on them and make them resent you. You know, because at the end of the day, it's like, it's their, it's their journey and they have to figure out what's right for them. And uh, clearly they don't talk because they don't know how to talk to each other. Well, and, like the mom, like the, the fact that, that Emily Mortimer, K, Karen, Kai, 
Okay. She that okay that she didn't know that her mother was missing. That it had been a while since they'd talked to each other. So there's just like miscommunication from every single one of these characters, and like in a way that I thought was very genuine. Because mm-hmm. like you know, like sometimes you fall out with people, people you love, and it's because like you end up no matter how old you get, you all you you'll always be your parent. You'll always be five years always old to your parent. Somebody's child, always. Yeah. yeah. And so like sometimes, you know, it was hard for me to go home after I first left the reservation because I always felt like anytime I came back, I would be the 18 year old I was when I, yeah. And that was frustrating as a person who has a career, who pays their own bills. This is my room. I still deal with that. You know, so do I. And it's like, because, you know, we'll always be a child to them. Mm -hmm. And I had to actually have that conversation with my parents where I was like, I know I'm younger and I know I'm your child, but I'm not a child anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I'm thankful. I mean, I'm lucky enough where, like, my parents, I, I've been able to have that conversation and be clear with them. Right at the be- actually beginning of uh, quarantine, I was down here and I realized I was going to be down here for a little bit with them hanging out. And um, I just needed to make sure that my dad understood, like, I have other things going on in my life. And I'm, I, you know, do you not recognize this? And he hurt people. He heard me, you know, and I know some people don't always have the, the fortune of having that conversation and being heard. Now, but I, there are, I have avoided, and I, I'm better than say like my other, my, one of my brothers who doesn't go to any family function, <laughs> but he loves my parents, but our relatives, like, you know, if it's like going back is like, they still see you as, you know, this little kid and they don't, they've all stayed in the same place, you know, not like any disrespect to some of my cousins, but some of them have, you know, they haven't evolved. And, and so it's like, they're stuck in this place and they kind of want me to be in that place too. And it's mm. like, you know, and uh, so you're coming back, you think I'm still like, you know, little Drea, little, little cousin Drea, and you can just walk all over me. Not that you ever fucking could, but you know, it's just, I, why would I want to put myself in that situation if I don't have to, if I, yeah. I don't want to make small talk with people, I have no, I, I'm not, I don't have anything in common with you. And I think that's the thing that this movie does really, really well is like show that while family is there for you when you need them, it's also just a very intricate and complicated dynamic. And that like things don't necessarily get resolved through talking. Like some things aren't going to get resolved. Mm -mm. You know, like I understand the anger of that grandmother because that's her house. She's lived there her whole life. You know what I mean? That's her property. That's where, that's where she had, like, that's where her man died. And like, she doesn't want to go to an assisted living facility. She wants. Yeah. And and now she's being treated like a child. Yeah. And she she says, don't forget, I'm still your mother. I'm still your mother, Kay. You know, after she bites her. (laughs) And, but she listens, you know, I would have been like, bitch, (laughs) I want (laughs) to snatch my mama up. Like, that's just real. But um, there is a respect (laughs) there. There's a respect, you know, she remembers, oh, this, is, and, and then they, and they have that beautiful moment where they hug and they, she's just like, who, who, where, what is this? Where are we? You know, what's going on? Or she keeps asking these questions over and over again. She doesn't recognize her, her world. And, oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> got a little passionate there. She's got a little passionate. And, uh, but that reminds me, like when my grandma, um, she came out here, this, it was some years ago now. Um, she's, she's passed away since, but she moved out and it was supposed to be just for a trip. And, and she ended up getting, we discovered she got sick and mm-hmm. she ended up on dialysis and she, cause and, but she had been living by herself in Michigan. 
um, and just didn't have a healthy diet, you know, and just wasn't taking care of herself. So once we started feeding her well and treating her, her body just was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it mm. didn't know what to do. But any, it, it was a struggle having to do things, getting to do things for her because she didn't want us to do anything for her, you know? Mm. And, and my dad's like, no, this is my damn house. I will take out the garbage in my damn house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, whatever. But it was just like, I rem- it was a constant battle until it wasn't. Mm. And one day she just realized she had something good around us. And we were, and we were happy to have her too. You know, we all had to get adjusted to one another. And, um, you know, I, I probably will be the same way, you know, I. Oh, I, you will absolutely be the same way. Oh, 100%. You, oh, yeah. you can't put Drea in a corner. The second you, one of your kids or grandkids start telling you what to do, that's when you get the belt. I know. <laughs> I ain't no belt. They're just going to get thrown out a window. <laughs> Damn. They, they, they'll, they'll be on the first floor, listeners. Just FYI. First floor. Just, just maiming. No killing. That's all. Just maiming. <laughs> I mean, I uh, got a, a pallet and they can fall on that shit. But I think that's why yeah, this... this this Sorry. movie is excellent is because it brought up those feelings, those same feelings for me of like the conflict in, in a family. And like, you know, when, when Emily Mortimer actually goes to the assisted living facility in Melbourne to tour it and you, I, I, one of the things I loved about this, and this is a testament to the director is like, there was so much good imagery where she just let the actor do the work. And you can see that like, in touring this, Emily is starting to, or Kay is starting to, um, she's starting to feel for her mother because she knows what her mother would be giving up. In order to be safe, she would be giving up so much of her independence. And in and, and that scene afterwards, when she's just in the car bawling, I thought that was so well done and so well rendered and so well told. And that I think quiet moments like that in worse films wouldn't exist or they would be the first things to go. Like, I think this is a good, this is a great movie because it doesn't explain to us what happened at the end. It just let us know that it was a transformation that it happened to the grandma. Maybe it was starting to happen to the, to, to Emily Mortimer's character, but they were all in the bed together. You know, like I loved that image of Emily at the end where she, swaddles her mother up when she swaddles her up in the blanket and puts her to bed like a child you know and then 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 they're all in the bed together and i think what this movie did well with direction and imagery or like when she looks at the stained glass door and she realizes that she can't leave her mother like she can't leave the grandmother you know and it's just because that there was that image in the very beginning when we got to the house and that like I thought like those like visually really well rendered and and also just like gave us so much insight into character development. Like it didn't sacrifice story for character and it didn't sacrifice horror for character. Like we got, we got the scary shit, but we also got to, we got to see these people as humans and, and feel for them. I mean, I didn't, I felt less for the, for the for the youngest one, just because like you said, she was kind of annoying, but that was the point, right? She's like the, this. She played it well. Yeah. 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 I didn't like that bitch. (laughs) Um, and just the same way, like, you know, they didn't give us all the answers at the end. They also didn't give us any, they didn't explain what led them to that in the beginning either. And it's not that, and it doesn't, it's not lacking though. Like they didn't have to explain these things. Mm-hmm. It's the, t- like, again, the tone of this film presents to you that, you know, there's a great deal of grief going on. Whereas, you know, I don't know if they explain where the husband is, you know, like where Kay's husband is. I don't know what happened in that situation. Um, and also the grandmother, like, 
her husband, he's still lingering in the house somewhere. And uh, not the grief of that. Um, and she hasn't moved on. That's just something yeah, I've definitely picked up on big time. I, um, yeah, I think uh, they, the other thing that really kind of brought it together was, um, but I didn't want to forget was the makeup department. And there was three people. Um, there was makeup and hair designer, Angela Conti. And then there's Tristan Lucas and Danielle Ruth. And Tristan, he, he actually has like a pretty interesting, he's all over the place, but he was in like, he did Aquaman, Pacific Rim, Alien Covenant, Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Awesome place. So, so tentpole movies. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, trying to see neighbors versus zombies. Yeah. Oh, he did hunt hunters. Oh, and he also worked on preacher, which preacher was pretty fucking cool. I like mm. preacher a lot on AMC. Um, and yeah, that really added, cause it wasn't a lot of CGI in this film at all, which was really helped a lot. Like, like our last film, like the thing you pointed out, you know, the CGI was probably the one thing I could have done without in good manners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only thing I didn't like about that. I'll tell you the only thing I didn't like about this film. I suspect that if you play, I, the, the thing is there were, I, I, especially upon my second watch, I just couldn't watch it without hearing the fact that almost all of the dialogue is mom, mum, or gran at different at different pitches. So like, mom, 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 grand, grand. You could just do a super cut of them saying mom, mom, or grand. If you did a drinking game where you had to take a shot every time, you, you would have alcohol poisoning. Yeah, you know. And it, I just started hearing, I was paying attention to that, you know? And so that kind of, that kind of fucked me up. Cause in the, the third act, that's literally all anybody says is mom, mom, or grand. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I thought it was effective, but I know I, I was picking up on that big time. Grand, 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 grand. Um, and then the scene where they're trying to escape from the other side of the house where, because they incorporated an old house that used to be on the property that I, I guess they were, they said there was somebody who, uh, who like some crazy. uncle or something like that yeah, kind of went crazy he there. Got, lost his mind. He died in there. So it was tainted already. And then they incorporated parts of that house, stained glass windows into the actual, into the main house. So he like created like this, not a portal, but it was just like, it created like this, almost like a dimension on the other side of the house. It was like, you were, it's it's confusing, but to watch it, it's not that confusing. I I didn't, I still don't understand how she got to the other side. Like she opens a door and then she's stuck and she can't get back. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and it feels, and they did that on purpose, I think, because then all the walls start closing in on her and that legit like made my skin crawl like that kind of shit scares me it's because like that also that house was dirty as fuck and it was full of fucking mold and shit and i was like i I would be like i don't want to breathe that motherfucking air i don't know what that's doing to my insides right now but it was really sad because as the the youngest one was walking through that part of the house you see all the notes that um what's her name had written to remind her like who her, what her name is what her name is like what her husband's name is like who her daughter is and what was it you are loved or something like at that at the very end the note that makes her come back before she walks out the door and then comes back and says i am loved and and she and you see that note and then you know and and so and then that the scene where she picks up her mother and and, and puts her in a blanket and takes her upstairs and then proceeds to all that weird shit proceeds to happen. And then, but she's, she's like ripping, like tearing her skin off. Well, yeah. And then, you know, it was, and she was, she was like re- reborn. And then she sees herself in her, and this person, like, she, that's me, you know, that's going to be me. 
And then at the end, you know, she has the spot on her back too. And they were just accepting, like, they, it kind of like at the end of the, the beach house. Yeah, where- it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't um, resisting, it was understanding what is inevitable and that, that having the serenity to not try to change what you can't change. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. Relic, relic, relic. And like Australian horror, you know, this, because it has a good story and the conflict is there. And when there's a good, compelling conflict, I'll get on board. Because I, like I said, I don't like demon houses and I don't like possession shit, but the conflict was so good and the characters were so good that I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to stick around for this. And it was just like Babadook where it was like, there was a real thing there about having to be a single parent and like having a monstrous child. And you know how I feel about kids. So like, I was there for that movie, but that, that I mean, they're, I, you know, Australia's killing it. Yes, they, they have been killing it. Australia has given us a whole lot of great content over the years and they keep doing it. So thanks, Australia. Good eye, mate. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get canceled for that. All right, our scream queen this week is Angelica Ross as Donna Chambers and sometimes Nurse Rita in American Horror Story 1984. Now, when I heard, so me and Dre watched this together um, in her apartment last year, towards the end of the year when it was on when it was on TV, and I knew that it was about you know it was going to be about like um, some kind of like slashers eighty slasher throwback, and I love that shit, man. That is my lifeblood, you know. And I was cautiously optimistic. I don't know which, how you feel about American Horror Story, but there's about two that I've actually liked. So I was like, I'm, how is Ryan Murphy going to fuck this one up? Because I liked Coven and I liked Roanoke. I think those were the two that I liked the most. Um, yeah, Roanoke was, was fun. It was, Lady Gaga was hilarious. I'm sure we've said that before on here. There was like one frame of her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this was latest season of American Horror Story loosely follows the group of camp counselors um, at, uh, what is it called? Camp Redwood, as they're being stalked and killed one by one by Mr. Jingles. His name is, it's not, not the name of a cute cat. Um, it's actually his name because you hear him coming because of the jingling of his keys. Um, and initially, Angelica Ross is um, Nurse Rita. And she's like the, the camp counselor nurse or whatever. And um, later on, we find out that she's actually a psychologist on a chambers who had let Mr. Jingles out of a psychiatric hospital to see him and uh, to see him work firsthand, you know. And so initially, she's like an antagonist of the group um, and particularly of Brooke, which who's played by Emma, Emma Roberts. Um, but what I liked about Donna is I think she in as much as you can get here with one of these Ryan Murphy uh, series has a character an actual character arc you know there's actually care put into her character which that's She's great. just extremely rare for uh for a ryan murphy project um because she starts off as an antagonist and she's like you know wanting these kids to get killed by mr jingles and like kind of delivers brooke to him um but then later on she goes on to sympathize with brooke and develop a real friendship with her. Um, Brooke gets death penalty because they think she killed all these kids. Um, and, uh, and Donna saves her by injecting her with something that kind of doesn't kill her. Anyway, it's, the less you think about it, the better. But anyway, then she, then, you know, she helps her get sort of revenge and atonement. And, 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 and Donna's character really looks to be atoned. And they develop an, an 
actual friendship and they recognize each other as final girls in the end and they kind of you know embrace as friends it wasn't a great it actually got like i think 84 on rotten tomatoes or something like that so it wasn't it was better received than other series of american as bad as like the carnival one or whatever that one was and then like i couldn't even finish that one i and i finished asylum and asylum was all right but um i did i didn't hate it i mean it did again it went too far but i i liked a lot of it and then hotel got so corny hotel was really disappointing Mm -hmm. i was really obsessed i was ready for that one because that one um that was right around the time when they found well it was a few years after but they a, a dead girl in a water tank near by where I live and um which Dre, every time never, I'm over there Drea points out that's where the dead girl in the water tank was I'm like, <laughs> I just want to have a margarita like I don't want to think about dead girl in the water tank and she like you don't know how long she was in there and how much that water was getting I'm like I just fucking told you I just want to have a margarita <laughs> yeah well I don't know if you knew though I just want to make sure if you didn't know that then you can know so that's why thank I you for educating me. Thank you for educating me. But uh, uh, they didn't take it as far as they could have because it was roughly based on that place. And they didn't even, they just didn't go where they needed to go with it. It was really stupid. Mm-hmm. And this, this, this season was like five episodes too long. You know, because it was like, initially it was like camp counselors getting killed. And then it was like, but then is the camp, the camp director, is she the killer? And then it was like, was Mr. Jingles set up this whole time? And then, and then it was, and then there's like. Coming back from the, he get, makes a deal with the devil and what the fuck? That and was then there's so- motherfucking Dylan McDermott with a porn stash, like, oh, and he's also a killer. And it's like, why, why does, you know, it's like that fucking Chanel thing. Like, just take a few things off. We don't need all of that there. And then it's in the future. And then when, whatever his name is. Mr. Jingle's son and then homegirl who played the girl who kept coming back to life in Coven is like the, the grandmother and she all and but then it's like but then they're all ghosts and they never die and they're confined to this one place and I was like you know it's just a little lot too much <laughs> it's a whole lot it's a whole lot but the other I, thing I liked about Donna is that they you know they reveal in flashbacks that her father was actually a serial killer he killed himself right in front of her and that led her to a lifelong obsession of serial killers not unlike Eve Palastri in um killing Eve mm-hmm. and and she kind of but but she learns her lesson and I think she learns that she can't understand why her father did what he did yeah. and that's ultimately why she let Mr. Jingles go was she was like I want to figure out why and sometimes you just don't get a why. Like life doesn't give you whys all the time. And I, I liked that about her character because I thought it was as subtle as a Ryan Murphy thing could be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Mr. Jingles on John Carroll Lynch. I've, he was also in Zodiac and he's in Gothica. I fucking love Gothica, even though that's like, that was like a really bad experience apparently for Holly Berry and all that. But um, Wait, what's the story of Gothica? Well, because uh, Robert Downey Jr. was on drugs at the time and he was just a fucking mess to be around. And she basically all but said his name on an interview and they were like, would you divulge like some of the worst people you've ever worked with? And she goes, well, and she basically said it was him without saying his name. Man, did you see that Tandy Newton interview where she was just like, let me just tell you about Tom Cruise. (laughs) Like we didn't know already. But she was just like, she came to gather these hoes like a braid. You know what I mean? (laughs) Wonderful. And I'm waiting for Mimi, uh, Miss Mariah. Her her book's about to drop and she got all kinds of shit to say about people Mm. in the industry. Oh man, like so this, many, so many receipts. They don't what know. What is this? Is this matcha? Is this green? Is this chamomile? What kind of tea are we drinking? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, it's, 
it's steeped and it's delicious and it, it's going to fuck up a lot of people's lives who deserve to have their lives fucked up because they mess. Like when you read what happened to, Tan- to Tandy and like, like she was forced to do roles basically made to, you know, like, and they knew about this shit, you know, they knew she was getting like raped by this director basically when she was 16. Mm-hmm. And and then, like, just it's just nuts. But I, I'm really happy to like be in a time where, yeah, no more, just no more of that. But um, I, I but John Carroll Lynch, you know, like he's basically he's kind of like the killer, I guess, I guess, in Zodiac. And I really love that last scene where, where um, I think it's Jake Gyllenhaal who actually uh who produced Relic. Um, I forgot to mention. Oh, really? Yeah, he um he goes into the, the uh, uh like a hardware store. And after he, because they had met John Carroll Lynch earlier in the film, and then he goes in just because he's pretty sure he knows who did it. And he goes in there and they just look and he just looks at him. And then he stares at him and he's like, hmm, what is he doing here? And then he, and he just keeps staring at him and he goes, oh. And he has this look in his face like, oh shit, he knows it's me. Mm. And, then, and then he just walks out of the store and then that's the end. It's really good. And, but, he uh, looks very tall. I, uh, let me he's just, a huge let- man. Let me just get on Google because I would say six four. I would say six two, but you're the height whisperer. He could be. It could be like a lie. Like they could just be filming from like a, an up angle. He could be five two. Six three. Mm, That's right, right in between. Out. Yeah. Okay. So we both won. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. He is probably my favorite thing besides, um besides angelica who again is she's really great every all all the roles even when it's too a whole lot going on she's she's just a lot of fun well it's also she's like gorgeous you know she's a lot of fun to look at um and then she just plays it cool you know what about that lunch lady (laughs) do you remember lunch lady she was like kind of of pervy (laughs) a little pervy and she was like when she was like i think when they were having to watch over richard ramirez um in the season finale and she was like i know you go both ways to gus kenworthy and she's like are you afraid what might happen if you open this pandora's box or some shit like that and i was like damn lunch lady i know what you're serving (laughs) (laughs) you're serving puss (laughs) it's on the menu (laughs) so angelica ross thank you so much for being our screen queen this week we stand black uh final girls we stand black trans final girls love you baby I'm actually coming at you from my home office. I've turned. I've turned I see. The, yeah, I, I turned. Like I turned Roy and, and Jenny's room into an office because I was like, I got my final check from the writers' room, and I was like, oh fuck! Like, I'm literally going to be here for at least another year, and I don't have to get a roommate. And I, I was like, what? Why do I treat this place like an Airbnb? And it's because I traveled so much. I was never like decorating anything. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I went and saw every, I've saved so many of my old flyers and show cards and posters. And I've accumulated all these from other people. And so you can see some like marquees Mm -hmm. from when I was at book festivals and some food for thought stuff. And like there's me and Morgan and like a weird Garfield thing and like another poster for a reading and this prank that I got. And so I've just been decorating. It's great. I, I'm a big fan. I was going to say, like, we can't have the fridge in the back <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing. I just got a shit ton of magnets, too, because I was like, I don't have anything on this fridge. It's so, this person, this place Except is for so- a big old thing of protein powder. <laughs> you know, your man's Open getting swoles. Your man's getting swoles. Oh, I like it. Okay. Little thickums. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Catch us next week. Same time, same place. 
we haven't decided what the fuck we want to watch, who our Screen Queen's going to be, but we will keep you in the loop. You know, just stay on our social media. Um, Screen Queen is produced by Alexandra De Palma and Domino Sound. The theme music by Doc Allison. I am Drea. I'm ready to fight a motherfucker, Washington. And you can catch me on the gram at Hey Girl Hey. That's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y. I am Tommy Teebs Pico, and you can find me at Hey Teebs on Instagram because I'm back on Instagram now, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S. See, bitch, I knew you'd be back. And you can find us on Instagram at Scream Queen Podcast. And online at ScreamQueenPodcast.com. Send us some love notes at ScreamQueen at gmail.com. That's S-C-R-E-E-E-M Queen at gmail.com. And in the scary movie of your life, you better scream, queen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we did that on Food for Thought all the time. We have to like, and that's food, the number five. Thought, it's thought spelled how and every, because like, it's impossible to sync on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, you see, I put this, say this in sync. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Laugh out loud. <laughs> You're right. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.